0: glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Capps. So let's look at some of the principles of the law of faith that causes it to be established and causes it to bring forth the results. If the results is forthcoming, then we have to operate in the principles of the law of faith. Now follow me over here to the fourth chapter of Romans. Verse 13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now notice something. It's through the righteousness of faith. Not through the law. Won't work through the law. But it's through the righteousness of faith. Now what is? The promise that he should be heir of the world. Do you understand what he's saying here? That Abraham and his seed would be heir of the world. It wouldn't come because of what you did, the good works you did, but it'll come through the righteousness which is of faith. In other words, you can't boast about it because it's righteousness which is of faith and you didn't do anything but receive the righteousness. Now we're talking about Being fully persuaded, and the law of faith, and how that will operate in it. Now, let's go over to the 10th chapter of Romans. You notice that Paul has made the statement that the righteousness which is of faith is the way that Abraham and his seed would be heir of the world. Now, I don't know whether you've got your mind wrapped around that yet or not. Heir of the world, not heir of the state, heir of the world. Now, it's going to happen, folks. If you don't believe it, just hide and watch. The wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Somebody said, yeah, but before the meek inherit the earth, taxes will be so high they won't want it. I doubt that. If we control it, we can set the taxes the way we want them. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about us just getting better and better and better, just going into a utopia. But follow what we're saying here. Go over to the tenth chapter of Romans. And let's just start in verse 1. I think there's something here we need to get a hold of. Paul is speaking. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. But not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Now, what's he saying? He said they're going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Do you know anybody like that? They just think if they can do all the good works, if they can do all these good things and give all this to the church, then they'll make it to heaven. That's trying to earn your way in. You can't boast about this. It's by faith. So he said they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness which is of God. For Christ is an end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He put an end to that. Because of the righteousness which is of faith. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Now notice what Paul's saying here. When he starts to tell you what the righteousness which is of faith says, first of all, he tells you what it wouldn't say. He said the righteousness which is of faith would not say... Who will bring Christ down from above, ascend into heaven and bring Christ back? Or who shall descend into the deep to reverse the process of death, in other words, and bring Jesus back and have him in his physical flesh, blood, and bone body ministering on the earth? He said the righteousness which is of faith wouldn't say that. Now you might be thinking, well, who in the world would say that anyway? Have you ever said, Lord, come down and touch me? Lord, if you'll just come touch me, I know I'll get healed. Or if you'd come, you'd do something about my finances. Well, if you've been saying that, that's exactly what you're saying. But now notice what Paul said. The righteousness which is of faith wouldn't say that. What saith it? Verse 8. What saith the righteousness which is of faith? In other words, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You missed a good place to shout. Now listen to what he's saying. He said the righteousness, riches of faith would not say, Jesus will have to come do this. Oh, if Jesus was just here. You'd probably be just like Peter and those other guys in that boat if Jesus did appear. You know, they're out there in the boat and they're praying. I'm sure they're praying. Oh, if Jesus was just here and a little bit, they saw him walking on the water. It like that scared the living daylights out of him. They thought it was a spirit. Well, certainly if Jesus was here and touched us, things would be different, wouldn't they? But now listen to what Paul is saying. The righteousness which is our faith wouldn't say that, but the righteousness which is a faith. He said this is the way that we would become, Abraham and his seed would become heirs of the world. This is the way you possess that promise. It's through the righteousness which is a faith. How does it do it? The righteousness which is of faith finds out what God said. And then the righteousness which is of faith says, Now the word is as close to me as getting it in my mouth and speaking it in my heart and getting me fully persuaded. That's how the righteousness which is of faith principle causes you to become fully persuaded. You simply find out what God said about your situation. If it's financial trouble you have, go to the Word of God and see what God says about finances. He says specific things about your finances. Somebody said, I didn't find my name in there anywhere. You didn't look long enough. Are you a giver? Jesus 638 says... Well, you may call it Luke 6.38. I call it Jesus 6.38. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. That doesn't just mean finances, but it includes that. So then if you're a giver, then your name is in there. I have given and it is given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men given to my bosom. I sow bountifully, I reap bountifully. My God has made all grace abound toward me. Your name is there in 2 Corinthians. The eighth chapter, where Paul is talking, if you sow bountifully, your name is in that. And the righteousness which is of faith would not say, oh, if Jesus would come, he'd surely do something about my finances. No, the righteousness which is of faith says the word is nigh you. If you don't do anything with the word, God won't do anything about your finances. If you don't do anything with the word, God has done all he's going to do about your healing. If you don't do anything with the word in family affairs, God has done all he's going to do. Now listen to what Psalms 107 verse 20. I believe it's 107 verse 20. Let me look, make sure that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's back up to verse 19. Well, let's back up a little further than that. Verse 18. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw nigh unto the gates of death. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. How did he deliver them from their destruction and from their death? He sent his word and healed them. Notice it says he sent his word and healed heal them. He did not say he sent his word to heal them. Now did you catch the difference? If he said he sent his word to heal you, then there's a possibility that it didn't work. But if he sent his word and he says it healed you, don't tell God because he believes it did. Now certainly see you have to activate that word Nobody's going to get saved just because it says Christ died for the sinner. I mean, he did, didn't he? It's not God's will that any should perish. But let me ask you something. Are there any that are perishing? Certainly they are. You know why? Because they didn't receive the word and they didn't act on the word. So what we need to realize is that God sent his word. Now, pull this back over here into this. Setting that we're talking about here in Romans the 10th chapter and listen to what Paul is saying. The righteousness which is of faith says, the word is nine to me. What word? Whatever word you have need of. What is it you have in your life? What is the obstacle in your way? What is the mountain that you need removed from your life? Go to the word and find out what God said about that. Then use the principle which is of faith and say the word is as close to me as getting this word in my mouth and getting it in my heart. Now notice what happens. You take the word, God's promise. He's talking about the word of promise here. He calls it the word of faith. The reason he calls it the word of faith is because God's word is filled with faith. Have you noticed that God's word is filled with faith? If there wasn't faith in it, you couldn't get faith by speaking God's word. Are hearing God's word. But faith cometh by hearing. The reason faith cometh by hearing? Because there's faith in there. And when you hear it, faith will get in you. But more than likely, if you're not speaking the word of God, it won't get in you as quickly. So what Paul is saying here, the word is now you, it is even in thy mouth. It's in your mouth. If it's not in your mouth, then faith is not coming to you the way it should. So you speak the word that God said concerning you the same way Abraham did, and you'll get the results that Abraham got. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Now, before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you all this week, we have CD offer number 7607, six CDs for $43 plus $7 postage and handling. It's a series entitled Keys to Understanding the Bible. You know, there's certain keys. If you understand these keys, it opens the rest of the Bible to you. For instance, in Genesis chapter 1, where it says, God said, Let us make man in our image and our likeness, and let them have dominion. Subdue the earth, he said. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl there, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. (laughs) You know, it's just good news today to know that you have dominion over creeps, the way things are going. But now, several of the keys are found in the first three chapters of Genesis. God gave Adam authority to subdue the earth and have dominion over it. Mankind was given a lease on this planet for 6,000 years. It's revealed in the six days of the Genesis account, for after six days it was all finished, And the six days represents 6,000 years of determined time in which, when it ends, God's going to take back control of this planet. If you understand these things, it'll help you understand what God is dealing with. You know, some people say, well, you know, God has everything under control. Well, now, wait a minute. If God has everything on this earth under control... Well, he's really got it in a mess. But we know that God is not controlling everything that happens on this earth. And if you believe that, you're really confused because it's not God's will that any should perish. But are there any perishing? Yes, they're perishing by the multitudes. That's offer number 7607. It's a series of six CDs for $43 plus $7 postage and handling total of $50. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas 72046